Welcome back to this week's episode of Toys on Tap. This week we bring on Extra Trikestrial, ETC Toys. If you haven't seen his work, you are severely shorting yourself and missing out on incredible stuff. You have his beautiful Buddha tours that have gone through so many different versions. And if that wasn't enough, you can see how incredible his work is through the Space Squatch. If you want more of Toys on Tap, you can like, follow, subscribe on all socials at Toys on Tap. And if you want to jump on and support the show, you can give us a like, subscribe, you can rate, review, wherever you get podcasts. Now let's get to this week's episode of Toys on Tap. There we go. Alright, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Right, man it's good to have you on i i we've never met but uh i've heard all about you in the toy scene you're one of the beginning people so i'm stoked that you're on toys on tap if you've never uh heard of toys on tap or anything we just go through and interview different toy artists um i've had i saw that you were on toys alive which is cool that you were doing that stuff with uh crumbs and b to the j um but yeah we just we do all that stuff and are documenting this resin toy history and safubi makers and all kinds of stuff so i'm glad to add you to the mix oh yeah talking with those guys that was a pretty good uh pretty good chat i had with b to j from uh i think the the best way to to jump into this and to get started is uh for you to introduce yourself let everyone know who you are and what you do um tim harrison etc toys i make resin art bootlegs original mainly bootlegs that's what i started out as Uh, i've been doing it for a little over 10 years now 10 years in the bootleg scene. Holy moly. Uh, you're going to have to walk me back because we're going to, I think we're going to take it slow because uh, I want to hear history throughout the whole thing. And then we're going to dive deep because I got some questions about all your, your spiritual toys. Okay. Uh, tell me about the beginning. Tell me about, let's start with uh, why toys. Like, did, Tell me about the impact of toys when you were little, the toys you had growing up, that kind of stuff. Well, growing up in the 80s, um, late 70s, you know, all the 80s, that, that to me was like a pivotal moment in, in toy history when, it, when they made G.I. Joe action figures that were small and articulated Masters of the Universe, which were bigger than those 3.75, which made him feel huge, yeah. even though he was like 5.5, but to all the other dolls, you know, they were huge. I don't know, it was kind of like living in the TV era, you know. Um, everybody was watching their TVs, just like back in the 80s. All the kids were into toys, and that's just what it was in the 80s. It was all about toys and, and going out bike riding and shit and having fun. But, um, like, they they don't make toys like they used to. We we were lucky enough to live in that era to, to grow up when toys were really taking off and, and making the name for themselves. I'm assuming that... Uh, based off of your art, um, I do this with every toy artist. I'll, I'll go back 
in their history on Instagram all the way to the beginning. And uh, I'm assuming that He-Man is your top's favorite toy line ever based on the art that you've created. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Master Universe for sure. Okay. Uh, Do you have, with that kind of love for those, um, I find myself always on the villain side. Are you loving the Skeletor side way more than anything else? Well, yeah. Just like G.I. Joe, Cobra was always cooler because, you know, they just look cooler. So. Yeah. I'll never get over the fact that they gave them some pretty dumbass voices as they did it in the cartoons. Yeah, kind of. I mean, Alan Offenheimer was the uh, voice of Skeletor. I met that guy, too. He's pretty cool. But um, he's got that high pitch, like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess they kind of had to make him seem a little bit dumb, not as smart as the, the good guys. <laughs> I, I'll just never understand why they chose to, like, you could have gone with a deep, like, demonic, demon-style voice, but you chose to go this high pitch sound and it's such a crazy like i don't know what they were doing but it is what it is it was probably more um in line for for children to be attracted to that high-pitched voice other than a deep dark scary voice but okay. uh, maybe <laughs> skeletor is actually just a big puss <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, so you continue, you grow up. Are you someone, I mean, the toy scene is kind of split on this. Sometimes we keep our toys. Sometimes we grow up, we encounter our first, like, oh, there's girls. And so we get rid of all of our toys. How'd you fall in line with that? Um, well, back when I was growing up, you know, once you turn a teenager, toys weren't cool anymore. Right. Uh, You kind of got picked on and bullied if you if you still played with toys in high school and stuff like that so i kind of kept all that under the wraps which also kind of kept me away from the toy shelves on getting anything new because i'm getting older i gotta start being an adult can't play with toys anymore it's a totally different era though you know people people would judge you for for still playing with toys back in those days not like these days where people are revered for having these badass collections of all these toys yeah Um, so I kind of got out of the toys for a little while, but I did always keep my old He-Man uh, Master of the Universe toys. Never got rid of those. Everything else, mom sold in the garage sales for, you know, dirt cheap. And, yeah. And I remember having all the wrestlers for the WWF and the ring, and she sold all of it for $12. Oh, oh my, <laughs> my heart. I remember when that happened. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and then, um, you know, I just lived life and for a while down in Florida until I was about a little over 30. And then I moved to Tennessee, became a truck driver. And that's when I started noticing on Instagram people getting back into toys and collecting and all of that. So that's when I started hunting again and finding things. Although I will say, no, before that, when He-Man Matching Universe 200X came out in the stores, I went and ate shit on that stuff, and I bought it all. <laughs> the problem with being – I've said this before. The problem with being older and having, like, adult money is when those things come up, it's like, oh, I'm getting all of them. There's not one I'm going to miss. Right. When you're a kid, you always wanted the full collection, but you could only get what mom would get you. Yeah. Unless you had a job, you know. But, uh, 
So it was really hard to get those full collections. But now you can just hunt all over Amazon, eBay, everything. And in one night, you can create a whole collection and buy it all. Yeah. So here's the, I, I got a, you're, you said you're a truck driver. Are you still a truck driver? No, I haven't done that in over 10 years. Oh man. So when you did it and you were doing toy hunting, were you like stopping every once in a while, like after you did a route, like, oh, let's see what's around here to do some toy hunting? Oh, well, you couldn't really like go to like thrift stores and stuff like that, but I would stop through Walmarts because you could park your truck in the Walmart parking lots and, you know, I'd go in there and see all the new toys. Back then it was, it was all about the new transformers and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was cool, but my collecting of toys didn't really start getting big, big until I quit truck driving. I devoted all my time into making toys instead of truck driving. With the beginnings of like this collecting and, and creating toys, um, have you always had an art background? Where does that come from? What's the what was the immediate turn that made you want to start creating? Well, I've I've always been in, like drawing, painting, stuff like that. Um, but when I was after I got done truck driving, I I you know I saved up a bunch of money and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. So until then, I just decided to go on a little vacation, jumped in my car for two months, and went out west, uh, just camping all over the damn place seeing everything that's out there, all the sites and stuff, looking for UFOs while I'm out there and stuff. And then while I'm on Instagram, you know, taking pictures and stuff, showing stuff, I, I find a couple artists, one being Ocular, and he made these Spaceman um, sculpts of these dudes. And, and I was really impressed that he sent me some, uh, some little miscasts to just check out for free. And, Man, I really want to do this. So while I'm out there, you know, I'm taking pictures of these little resin cats that he gave me out in nature and stuff. And I, I convinced myself that, you know, I, I want to learn how to do this. So while I was out there, I met up with him in California and we had lunch together. And, and he told me pretty much the basics of how to do it. So as soon as I got back, I just bought the stuff I needed and start make, started making toys and just like instantly fell in love with it. Yeah, I, I find that that is a common thread. After you make that one toy, or no matter if it's good or bad, that love kicks in, and it's just almost like addicting. Maybe it's the fumes. No, it's definitely addicting. And like you said, even if it's bad, like my first four months, five months of making toys, I didn't have a pressure pot, so everything looked like a shake-up soda can, you know? It's, it's just crap. But yeah. people still wanted it. They still wanted to buy it, even though it was ugly. So it, that just drove me to keep doing more and then get the pressure pot and move forward from there and keep getting better. Yeah. Uh, we got to pause from toys real quick because you said as you went out west, you were looking for UFOs and all that stuff. Now that right. the the government has said, like, we got UAPs or UFOs and all kind, how are we feeling? Oh, I've always known. I mean, you got to be stupid to think that there isn't intelligent yeah. life out there that's much more intelligent than us. Yeah. Uh, in fact, when I was a truck driver, I was driving through Nebraska one night, late, late night, and this light just appears out in the middle of nowhere, and you know, I think it's an airplane. But as I'm getting closer to this light, it doesn't move. It stays in the same spot the entire time. And, and then uh, it slowly splits in two. 
and I'm like, what the hell is this? So as I'm getting up on it, it's about 100 feet above the interstate, like directly above the interstate. So it's not a tower or anything like that. I pull my truck over and I jump out and I could see it like a shadow or kind of like a silhouette of what appeared to be like a big shoebox. And it had two bright lights right on the front of it. And then those lights slowly faded. And once the lights shut off, the thing disappeared and it was gone. It never made a sound, and it was like I said, it was about a hundred feet above the interstate. It was so that's unreal. Yeah. So, like, I don't know what it was, but I can pretty much assure you that it's not our government that made a big flying Walmart size <laughs> shoebox. <laughs> I uh, uh, what always scared me, and I think still does scare me, is the um. Like, if we don't believe that aliens exist, then the alternative is that we have to believe that we're alone. And that is way scarier that we, like, in the entire galaxy, we would be alone. That seems terrifying. I think they're equally terrifying because we're all floating in this giant mass of nothingness. Yeah. That, that, oh, don't this podcast is becoming more of like an existential crisis right now. <laughs> I, I think that like, you know, I, uh, there's always that dream, right? Like we've been spoon fed aliens since we were all little kids, like whatever we believe they are in my head. Now, uh, have you seen the movie Paul? Yeah. Uh, he uh, says a line in there that the reason that they're not scared of him as much is because they've been drip fed images of him for the last like 50 years. And that is now right. like in my head, like how many of these things that they've caught or whatever, have we just been drip fed over and over again? Well, I mean, that's kind of good in a way, because I'd rather know what I'm seeing when yeah. I'm seeing it instead of just walk around the corner and be like, what in the hell is that? Yeah. (laughs) I'd be much more scared of it if I've never seen it before. Yeah. The panic now is that I'm initially, I feel like, going to want to interact if it ever happens. And then if it ends up there, they want to kill me. Well, I guess it is what it is. I don't know. I say, take me out into the universe. Show me your planet. Let's go. Yeah. I'm done with the Earth. Yeah. (laughs) Let's see what kind of toys I can make out there at your planet. Uh. As you – those beginnings, right, uh, are are interesting. Um, there's not much online about how to make toys in the very beginnings, and, and you've been doing this for, uh, what, 10 years, you said? A little over 10 years, yeah. So, I mean, God bless Ocular for getting you started on that. Um, but in the beginnings, what was that like? Like, how lonely is it? Because now people are popping up constantly, starting to make toys and stuff. What was that like for you in the beginning and starting? Well, I wouldn't say it was lonely because there was a bunch of people already doing it, uh, including Ocular, Killer Bootleg. Yeah. Um, some other people, um, Monster Foot Creation, Jack Coon, Pussy Bits, um, just to name a few. But um, so I wouldn't say it was lonely. Now I'd say it's it's like an all open market, like everybody and their mama's doing it, which is which is cool. Like I have no problem with that, and I'm I'm happy to help anybody that has any questions and stuff. But yeah, back in the day, you didn't really 
have people that would help you because it was more of a guarded thing, mm-hmm. um, it was like a guarded trade because not many people did it. Uh, so uh, I had to learn a lot from like Ocular and and, and Monsterfoot and Jack Toon, but you know they they could only teach me the basic stuff that they knew too. So all of us like we all figured it out along the way, you know. When you make a mistake, now you know what not to do that time, so don't do that again. Yeah. And then, you know, it's all about experimenting and figuring things out and finding out things that you never knew you could do. And say, oh, wow, that worked. Cool. You know, so basically just teach yourself along the way. Yeah. And when you first started making, um, what were your go to toys that you wanted to make or bring to life? That was a long time ago. Making, I wanted to do like Master Universe figures. Yeah, yeah. Five style. So I did. I molded a, a He-Man body, put some Skeletor arms on, and Eddie finger puppet Eddie from Megadeth. Mm-hmm. And that went over really well. I, I made a bunch of them, but they were all crappy, you know, because I didn't have a fresh pot. I yeah. was pigmenting with, with with nail polish and shit like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, I didn't have. You know, I barely had the money to do it, so I was, you know, finding whatever I could to put together to make, to make um, colors and whatnot, full of bubbles and shit. But yeah, so I, that's what I basically started with, was, was like Master Universe size figures and little muscle size figures, too, uh, before I ventured into the Buddha tour and, and the whole Buddha realm. Yeah. And I I mean, there is like to go from the muscle figures, which are what, two inches, maybe three inches mm-hmm. to go to the massive 5.5 when you're beginning like that's a that's an undertaking. And I've seen some of the old ones that like you posted about and your massive collection of muscle figures now. And um, that's I mean. I messed up molds when I first started for like 375, so 5.5 is intense. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Tap to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray, we're saved, DOV2. Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! Yeah, yeah, I did a few 375. I did a Boba Fett and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Alright, cool. Good deal. Um, like, at what point um did you realize like you because from making and stuff and then i aren't you you're in the um uh what is that movie called uh master caster there we go you're in that one as well Um, uh, so like you're doing this are you going to conventions to begin with are you figuring out how to meet up with all these people as you're doing this in that beginning stages oh in the beginning yeah yeah i did yeah. a few decons yeah like three of them yeah i did three decons but i just got tired of the noise and the amount of people and yeah you know it it costs a a 
even back then it, it you know it wasn't cheap to you know you'd spend like six seven hundred dollars just to get a booth and get all your stuff out there and all that and in your hotels and your travel costs and everything and i'd be lucky to break even mm -hmm. you know so to me it was fun but it's not for me anymore i don't i don't do any more conventions no more shows yeah have you, is there a part of you that misses that kind of stuff at all? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is loud. It is busy. You know, going to decon, I, and it's only gotten bigger since I'm assuming yeah. you did it. So it's like only gotten worse in the way that you wouldn't love it. Um, and it, it's, uh, it's tough, you know, going down. I mean, Dove has his artist alley or, or resin alley whatever it's called um and that's cool because we all kind of know each other in that section but if you break right. out of that section it is so loud and chaotic it's just loud everywhere especially with the they they put them in like these factory set type buildings well, maybe not factory more like a um yeah 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 more like a just a big storage yeah hall with the with the metal railings and the roof and stuff so you get a bunch of people just talking normal in there and that shit just reverbs and reverbs and before you know it it's just yep and then every five seconds when someone's talking to you you're like what was that that that's a conversation i don't want to have uh you as you progress and start making toys and as you follow your instagram you got a lot of stuff that deals with space and then even your name. So how did you come up with the name? But like, where'd that name come from? And what about space is keeping it? Like, what was that space influence that was going on? Well, the story I told you about me truck driving and finding the, yeah, we're seeing the, the UFO or whatever the hell that was. That's, that's where I got extra truck estrial. Okay. Instead of extraterrestrial, we got extra truck, truck driver. And then ETC is extra truckestrial custom toys. Yeah. So, man, so all that space influence right there, just coming from your first interaction with that, the otherworldly. Oh, I've always loved space. Ever since I was a kid, I've always been into aliens. And yeah. Like I, when you when I went to the library, I, I'd go to the the, the sci-fi section where there's alien books and you know. Yeah. Even even where. They put it in the, in the fiction section, but now it's nonfiction. You know? Yeah, that is a good point. <laughs> that stuff <laughs> all now has to move over a couple aisles. Mm. Holy hell. Um, which, as a side note, it was my favorite thing. I don't know if you watched the whole thing. that They just refused to say that they had an alien. They wouldn't say that phrasing. They were like, oh, we have whatever the word is, like biotics or something. Okay. I'll take that. That's fine. That, that's pretty much saying, yeah, we got something that's human-like that's not human. Yeah, which show that. Just take a picture, show it to everyone. It'll happen eventually. They just they like taking their time and doing dumb shit. Yeah. Um, your first uh Buddha style figures. I mean, we the last one I saw, I think it was version 10, correct? Uh, Buddha Tour, there's 12 versions of Buddha Tour. Actually, there's 17 versions, but there's 
12 actual versions like some versions are smaller versions of the other versions yeah uh because i kept seeing like the more you scroll back it's like 7.9 7, .9, 7 po and things like that trying to so yeah yeah the seven had three different versions so there was the seven the 7.5 and the 7.9 so walk me to the beginning of that why like buddha one uh two is this like have to do with your own spirituality or are you just throwing this in i'm not really like spiritual at all yeah i don't believe in any religions or gods or anything i believe in the universe mm -hmm. um, and uh, but i was always i really liked asian art like the beautiful sculptures and and everything else that they sculpted out of soapstone and the wall hangings, just anything that was Asian art. I used to like decor my house in that back in like my early twenties. So, you know, I kept on I kept a hold of a bunch of that stuff. And when I was just digging through through some stuff to bootleg, I came across my Buddhas and I had this tiny little skeletal head that I got from my buddy Eric Miller. And I just chopped off the Buddha head and I glued it right on there and I was like, Well, that looks cool. Let's do some Buddha tours. Yeah. So I started making Buddha tour and, you know, he wasn't like super famous right off the bat. I made four versions that did okay in the beginning. And then I came out with V5 and that one just, that took off like crazy. And like, I gained so many followers in such a little time just on that one V5. And so when he got that popular, I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep rolling with him and we're going to keep on making as many versions of this guy as possible and yeah. keep changing it up and making it better and better. And then every once in a while you added, it looks like different people that came in. So you had uh, Splinter um, and then the commander. Splinter, I had Evil Lynn, I had Cyclone, um, Skeletor, Beast Man. I did a little tiny little Battle Cat one one time. You got Buddha Knot. Buddha Knot. That's a that's a collaboration with Tiffany Flanagan. Um, this love for Asian art has like you've graced us with so many different ones. Um, is this something you're going to continue because so many people love? Buddha tour. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I'll I'll keep pushing him until nobody wants his ass anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so as you have done this, um, at what point? So I've only seen a couple Buddha statues in my life. It's not something that I see regularly. Um, are you designing these or having them three sculpted or? Um, getting that going or are you finding these different style statues to do each version well in the beginning i it was all it was all bootlegs we just yeah. chopping off heads and finding a new buddha body form um, and then when it came to version seven that was the first 3d sculpted one um, i don't get along with the guy anymore so i'm not going to say his name okay that did it for me but yeah i had i had somebody do that one for me and then uh 
I sent it off to my buddy Lab Monkey to have him like sharpen it up and make it look really good. And and it was a difficult piece to mold and I wasn't very comfortable with it. So, you know, I, I actually hired Lab Monkey to, to make the mold for me as well. And then, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was the first original one. So then after that, I had a few other people like um, Last Resort Toys. They sculpted the 12 and that's one of my favorites. Came out beautiful. It's, it's really big. And then Brian Hughesley did did the version 10. Um, my buddy Boss, Jeremy Repold, Boss um, Boss MMA. Well, now Boss Toy Creations. Uh, he makes resin too, but he sculpted the nine. I believe it was the nine. Yeah, yeah. He sculpted the nine and. He had free reign to do whatever he wanted, so he made a cool little, yeah, little version of his Bubator. And then Catatonic, I worked with him on the eight. And then the eleven, I worked with Baba Drock on, and that was a bootleg, but he put it all together. It was, but it was more like a Tibetan Buddha, so it was just Skeletor's face with, you know, with the crown and the point, yeah. And all that, so. Um, yeah, I've worked with quite a few people, and um, I'm working with a guy named Dr. Plops now. Yeah. A really, really cool dude from Ireland, um, and I think we're going to work on the next version after uh, we get through some projects that we've already started. Um, we uh, keep him going, and I also like to see different artists, you know, view of him and, and how they picture Skeletor as a Buddha. Yeah. Which is so rad that it's continued. Like, we don't get that that often where toys continue. For some reason, a lot of us are like, oh, we made this one. Let's move on to the next. Right. But you've yeah, made, made this I've flow. made a bunch of figures like that. Like, I did a a Walter White, um, Luke Skywalker crossover. Yep. And with Tim Baron Art. And I only made, I think, 15 of those. And that was it. I didn't make any more. But hmm. I probably could have made 100 more and sold them all. But I, I wanted to keep it like super limited. Yeah. And then you've, I mean, cause you have done the other ones too with uh, masters of the universe, like in, you had the faker droid guy at what it was. It's F4. I can't remember the numbers. F4K3R. There you are. And which is so rad. Uh, and then I saw a post with like the initial prototypes that you were displaying and they were just so clean. Yeah, those are fun to make. There's just so much work involved and a lot of money and materials and, you know, um, not a lot of turnaround. Yeah. So that's why I kind of just kept them, kept them. But, but you know, I don't really have the patience to sit there and make a hundred of those things and, and you know, card them all up, paint them all up. Like, I don't paint anymore. I can't, I can't. I just can't do it. I don't have the patience to paint. Like if you ask me to paint you something, it'll probably take me a year to do it. <laughs> uh, I mean, after 10 years of doing this and I mean, figuring out you don't want to paint all that kind of stuff. Could you, are you able to articulate your style? That's a tough question. Like, is there a style that you're like, this is, what makes ETC? This is it right here. Well, I do this double drip pour thing 
mm-hmm. a lot of people seem to like that. I don't know about a style. It's just whatever I feel at the time, whatever I think people would like or, or whatever I like. Sometimes I just make things because I really like it. And, you know, if nobody buys it, that's cool because I wanted to make it. Yeah. So it's just, I guess, whatever comes across my mind at the time because it, it goes from He-Man to religion to to cryptics to, you know, all over the damn place. And even, like, just recently, I, I did Cartman from South Park. Yeah. And I'm not, like, a huge South Park fan, but I know most people are, so... And, but everybody loves Cartman, even if you're not a South Park fan. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, I don't know, whatever I feel at the time, it just comes to me. But I don't know what, by style. That's a tough question. To be in something, I mean, with your work, it seems like from the outside, when I see it, I know it's you. Like, for sure, I know it's you. People, uh, there's not many artists that do anything that even looks like yours. And so um, it's at least cool to be like, oh, I know that. But well, then maybe, maybe the drip. Okay. Yeah. Um, with 10 years as well, being in this, um, over the course of learning and doing everything and being in the toy community, uh, you've seen, we're starting to see this weird thing where people came in in 2020 and they're dropping off because like life comes back. 2020 was a weird time and, we all came back to normal lives and stuff. And um, so they're stopping making toys and stuff. Thursday night, 7 p.m. YouTube Live. It's Toys Alive. Toys Alive. Toys Alive. There's way cool artist unboxing. No it counts under a thousand followers. What? Art out there for 30 bucks or less. Collector spotlight. Current upcoming shows and drops. Giveaways. Short chats with artists. And news from the hood. 100% indie all the time. That's Toys Live. Toys Live. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. How have you seen this toy community change? since you've been a part of it for 10 years? I've seen a few people go. Um, a lot of it is just, you know, just not feeling it anymore or yeah. financial problems. People aren't buying their stuff so they can't afford to keep making it. Mm-hmm. So this is, when you get into something like this, this is, and you truly want to dedicate yourself. It's not about the money in the beginning. You really just got to like dive into it. Um, if that's what you really want to do. But if you're in it just for the money, then, you know, there's a good chance it's, it's not going to happen um, if you're just trying to push shit out real quick. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm just kind of rambling now. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But um, like the scene now, it's, it's exploded. There's a ton of people doing it. There's a lot of TikTok videos of people showing how they make these epoxy casts things floating inside of them yeah all this chameleon chrome looking stuff just wild stuff but you know it you also every time you, you get another maker you also have more fans yeah created so you know you're never going to have a shortage of fans people that like to see what you do even if they don't buy like i have a group on facebook and i have a certain amount of people that are active in it and then most of them just sit back and watch and like and, and stuff like that because they, they just enjoy seeing it 
Yeah. Um, which is which is great, you know. Like that's that's what art is for. It's it's not necessarily about the money. You know, it's it's showing what you make. Yeah. You know, I getting into this, um, that no one ever told me that you could make money. Everyone stayed away from saying something like that. There they were no one ever said like we were gonna get rich or anything. We just all knew that we were doing this because we liked making toys. Yeah. Which is being able to make a copy of a toy that I had when I was a kid. Yeah. That was like a rush back in the day. To to pull out that He-Man figure, be like, holy shit, I made a He-Man figure. Yeah. Look at that. That it that is it. I you know, I still get that every once in a while. Um I'm only in this three years, but every once in a while I'll get I'll, I'll pour something and I'll make it and it's like damn it i did this like, i don't care if anyone buys this like it's going on my shelf so it's a it's a cool thing to see um but i don't the sad thing is like now i have to figure out like the next thing that i want to make or the next thing that's going to make me excited because that goes away very quickly yeah that's that's the thing you got to keep going you got to keep finding new things to make and, and and keep your brain you know excited yeah some people some people get lucky and make one thing and everybody wants that one thing so they can just keep on making that one thing but for me i'd get bored making that one thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah. yeah i uh <clears throat> i have one coming out that i'm really excited for and i'm hoping it'll catch but if it does i've already told myself in my head like i i have a max number i want to make because it's just like i hate so um i hate painting as well I don't know what it is. <laughs> like it's just every time I do something for Dove, it's like, "Hey, uh, I want to do this," and he's like, "Great, it's gonna do a lot of painting." And I'm like, "Ah, no big deal." And then halfway through, I'm like, "I fucking hate this guy. Like, this is awful, <laughs> man. I don't want to do this anymore." It's it's some tedious work, and you know, makes my eyes tired after just you know yeah. twenty minutes of, of focusing real hard on painting and. Yeah, I uh, the last one I did for him, I painted, and there was this moment where I, I looked at the clock, and it was 2, and I was painting, and I looked up, and it was 4.30, and I was like, come on. Like, <laughs> this is just a horse's ass. Uh, but I, like, I just – I did it, and um, at the end of it, I always feel accomplished uh, or relieved. Uh, it's one of those. But, um, yeah, I – I get the hate for it. I'm just not good enough at casting, uh, like with colors to make it so I don't have to paint yet. Right. One day I'll get to that point, but that day is not today. Over so, over these this time that you've been here, I, it becomes like chasing the dragon, where like you you make that first toy and it's really exciting. How have you kept? I, I maybe this is a two part. How have you kept this excitement into making toys this whole time? Also, have you taken a break at any moment? Yes, taken a few breaks actually. One time I took almost a year break. Okay. Uh, that was due to um, a divorce. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I moved, when I I bought I bought my home, when I moved into it, I I took six months off just to kind of settle in and. You know, get get the house all tidied up and shit like that. So yeah, 
How'd you come back? Um, came back about six, six, six months ago. Um, I just decided to start making toys again. Yeah. The itch worked, never left. Worked with a couple artists and did, did a few collaborations and then it just started happening from there. And then I saw some other people were making groups on Facebook just for their art to where people can interact and, you know, be part of it of a community and whatnot so i decided to make a, a group and it's been going pretty well uh, like i said i got a i got a good handful of fans in there that that really like my stuff and like to build their collections yeah so i just i try to you know do things that that they would enjoy as well as myself you know um, don't just do things that only i would like or you know and kind of cater to them a little bit as well. Yeah. I find that being, um, I don't know what it is about like Ewok toys, like a real stupid toy, but I love when people bootleg them. So do I. I have, <laughs> All the I, different versions out yeah, there. <laughs> I have so many and uh, I just like, I want to also do that, but I know that if I start doing that a lot, I'll, I'll never leave. And no one – like you can only sell so many of those Ewoks. I only have so many ideas to go around it. But, man. I mean that's not a bad thing to never leave. Yeah, never stop doing Ewoks. You could always do – yeah, you could always just do like do like little limited drops like uh, the, the four Ninja Turtles. There's yeah. one drop right there, you know, and then – move on there's so many ideas there's thundercats there's gi joe there's there's everything out there you could you can even do a barbie set yeah again <laughs> but i mean it is kind of getting the to be a smaller um a smaller base i guess you would say because now so many people have done all these ideas yeah you know you can't do the care bear one you can't do the terminator one you can't do this because people have already done them so your your idea list is getting much much smaller <laughs> yeah that is the crazy even in the small amount of time that um i've been here if i do have an idea it's like i gotta do massive amounts of research just to make sure that no one did it because i don't want to go through the message of hey guy i already did this like i don't want to deal with that right like, yeah, get so pumped about an idea and then have to answer for the idea that you thought you made. Well, when that, that's happened to me a few times. And, you know, I'll stop making the toy. Yeah. That's no problem. That's no problem at all. And I'll just be like, great minds think alike. You know, it happens sometimes. And it still happens sometimes. People will hit me up. Oh, well, I had a guy message me. I was making Skeletor heads and I sent it off to my buddy to turn them into beads. And uh, I had a guy message me, you know, I, I was the first one to make this and uh, and I was like, well, you know, I've, I've seen people make these for the past, you know, 10 years. So there's no way you were the first, but it really doesn't matter because it's just a straight boot. You know, you can't sit there and claim something that's yours. if It's a straight bootleg of something else. Right. Anybody can do that. That's I mean, I made the 12 inch Skeletor. If somebody else wants to bootleg the 12 inch Skeletor, go for it. Do that shit, you know. Um, I, I have no hard feelings at all, but when you alter it, like these Ewoks, when you cut the face out and put like a little 
robot face in there or something. Yeah. And then you do that same idea. That's fucked up. But, you know, yeah. but they can't get ass hurt over if you're just making the exact same thing that they bootlegged yeah. straight and didn't do anything to. Yeah, that's a part of the scene that I've never understood. Um, I mean, we all have our own ideas or whatever, but to come at that with anger or something because someone did your idea. I usually just say like, hey, maybe go like go talk to Sucklord because we've all stolen from him or something or go talk to like. Maybe don't talk to me about this. Maybe we don't start with anger. I think it's more competition. And yeah. the thing the thing is, there's no competition in this in this resin game. People are gonna buy what they want. They're not gonna be like, oh man, this guy did this better, so I'm gonna buy his instead of his. Right. It's not it's that's not how the fans look at it. The fans see something they they like and that's what they want. Um and Nobody does anything better than anybody else. You know, we just do, we all do it differently. Yeah. I think uh, what is uh, interesting in, in doing this, uh, because we're not competing as much if we're doing different things, it makes imposter syndrome kind of drift away. Because if I can find an idea that no one's done, I don't have to compare myself to anyone. I just get to throw it out there. There you go. I, 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 I don't compare myself to anyone ever. Yeah. Um, back when I first started, I got in some groups. Yeah. Like I was in the resin syndicate. I was asked to join this resin group of guys. And, you know, we didn't really do anything together, but sit there and rag on other artists. Yeah. And, and how and how shitty their work was, and it's like I don't like this. I don't yeah. like this group. You know, so I started my own little resin empire group and got a bunch of really good guys that are positive, you know, that are towards each other. And, and that turned out really well, but then I just got tired of the whole group thing together. And I just went solo. And like, if you, if you come at me with like, Oh, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Well, then I'll stop if it really bothers you, but you know, I'm just doing my thing. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't pay attention to nobody else. Yeah. You know, uh, that's funny. The resin syndicate, and the resident but like those are funny like mob names i love that uh, <laughs> for something that has to do with toys that's a pretty hardcore name um there's a couple of those groups that exist now i think uh that they'll start and they'll make a discord or something um i just i feel so bad i'll join it and then i hate i mean i hate group messages so why what in my brain is like let's join this in 30 days, I'm over it. Well, at that time, you're probably thinking, oh, let me support this. Yeah. See see what's going on. And then you just get tired of all these messages coming in about talking about what they had for dinner and shit like that. And, you know. Man, you are speaking straight to my heart. If, if <laughs> this is <laughs> it's unreal. If people like my dream is to have a art collective where there's like six people in it. And whenever we have a drop or something, we show it to everyone. They either critique it or say like constructive stuff. We go back, we redo it, we bring it back. I think that like that kind of an idea for me makes makes a lot of sense for me. But if I join a toy group or whatever we're going to call it, some Russian mafia, um, and someone, their first thing is like, I took a big shit to it. Like I maybe this isn't the group for me right 
Right. Yeah. If, if, if you're just, if you're not focusing on what the group is all about, then yeah, it's just a bunch of friends hanging out. Um, but I mean, that's not such a bad thing either. Cause you know, sometimes you need the, the pat on the back, the positivity from other people to help motivate you to do better with yourself too. So those groups, they do help. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I do better alone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, your work speaks for that. Like you, if you are alone, your work is incredible. So like doing this work alone has worked out super well for you. Thank you. Um, Tell me about the newest Sufubi that has been created that you created. If I remember right, it's coming like blanks and colors, correct? Yeah, the first one. Um, well, let me start from the beginning. Yes, please. Um, I, was I was talking with my buddy, Barely Human Art. Yep. John, John Black. And um, we were talking about doing a collaboration. And I, you know, I said, I've always wanted to do, you know, a Sofubi piece. So yeah. if, you want, if you want to sculpt it, I love your style. And uh, he was all for it. So, so we did the Space Squatch. And we went with one company. I'm not going to say which one because they didn't turn out to, to my, you know, quality Bummer. standards. Bummer. So, but, but, um, the design itself is, is really, is really nice. You know, mm -hmm. what barely human did is, is, is perfect. So now I'm going to be working with, I hope I say his name, right. Suragamark. No idea who that is. I'm, I'm going to have to look it up. Search, Suragamark. Search, Suragamark. I don't know how to pronounce it, but, um, he works with a company in China mm -hmm. and, and his Sofubi is, is much cleaner, um, shiny, softer. Uh, and, and it's actually a better price than, than the last company that I went with. So yeah. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to bring him back and yeah. he's going to, he's going to be taller, translucent. You know, the last company, all they could do was that like crayon opaque. Colors. Yeah. So. Uh, when you got, I'm interested in production. I'm always interested when people do this stuff. I haven't stepped into that realm. Um, honestly, it's probably just nervousness. Um, and I don't have that kind of demand. So when you first bought from the first company, whatever, whoever they are, and you got that, um, was it a test print or like a prototype that they sent you that you weren't stoked on? Or was it all of it together? It was all of it together. I never got a prototype. I just got a picture. Bummer. I got a pit, picture of a 3D print that looked good on the picture, and it was white. So you yeah. didn't really see any detail on it. You know, so I was like, okay, well, that looks cool to me. So roll with it, I guess. You know. Um, and then they sent me pictures of the first couple pulls. And in the pictures, you couldn't see any of the defects at all. So I was like, oh, well, awesome. They look great. And he was like, cool, well, he, you know, pay me up and I'll send them off to you. So they sent them off to me and I get them. And at first glance, I was like, wow, these look amazing. You know, yeah. and then I sat down, I smoked a joint and I got high. I started looking a little closer and I see all these little bumps everywhere, like these little pimples all over the whole entire thing. And, um, and even some of them even have like pits and like tiny little pinholes in them too. But I started thinking, I was like, where, where are all these little pimples from? And it was from the 3D print where they didn't clean off the um, support marks. Mm. And they left all those tiny little bumps all over the place. And long story uh, short, 
long story short, they didn't really want to work with me on on fixing the problem. So I, I decided to go with, you know, somebody else. Luckily, right. I was able to sell all of the these, even with their defects. Yeah. For, and at least get my money back that I put into it so I can put it into the next batch with China. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's good that you sold them all. Uh, you know, I thought the story was going a different way when you said you got high and then looked at them. And I, it was like, because my first question is like, did the bumps exist when you weren't high anymore? Because if not, <laughs> <laughs> my weed's not that good, brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you you sell that, um, and then you get someone else to, or you're headed that way to go again. And uh, you know, John, he's been on the podcast, and his. You know, I thought he was messing with me when he said his name was John Black because that's a very – that seems like a generic name. I thought he was just pushing me off like, nah, we're not going to talk or anything. Um, John Black. Yeah, but luckily it was real. Um, yeah. And his sculpts are good, and I, I'm stoked that you guys are doing that. Uh, have you – are do you – like what is the quality of this one that you're stoked about now that this one's going? Like, is there a lot of things that you're like, oh, I haven't had any issues. The colors, like, oh, I can't wait for translucent, by the way. I'm a sucker for clear toys. Right. Same here. Like, I wanted translucent with the other company, but they yeah. didn't have the capability of doing that. Because, right. Um, they didn't get, like, they don't have that kind of material there. But, um, but yeah, just the quality, all over the quality. Will yeah. Be better. It'll be smoother. Um, like, I don't think you have one of the, the space squatch I don't. that I have. Yeah, they, they, they literally have like a matte texture crayon. Okay. So, you know, I like it. I like it when it's glossy and shiny mm -hmm. looking and it's going to be a little bit taller. The sculpt's going to be exactly the same. So it's just going to be a little bit taller. Um, actually, I think I'm, we're closing the mouth on this one okay. instead of having, instead of having him screaming, he's, he's going to have a closed mouth. But um, other than that, um, it's going to be pretty much the exact same, just better quality. Mm -hmm. Like I said, translucent, so you know I can fill it up with glow rocks and stuff like that, all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, and then people can get some really cool paints on those translucents too. Which, when people paint Safubi, I am the most impressed. Like I already painting resin when I first started, I didn't know that you needed something on it to coat it or to like scruff it up so the paint would stick well um right. and then i have a couple safubi pieces uh and then i i've seen them paint them up like that's intense to be able to paint those things so like i can't wait to see what you who you partner with to figure out who's painting and all that stuff well i i did have i do have a few people that are painting some of the ones from the first one yeah um kachina kachina already did a few yeah, and I've got a I got a couple of them up for sale on my Instagram page if anybody wants them. And then we got other artists like Soko Cat, Monster Foot Creations, um, Elixir Toys is going to paint one. Oh, he's incredible. Don Donner don't care. Tiffany yep. Flanagan, uh, Barely Human's going to paint some. Man, that's a stocked roster. And, like so incredible. And Patrick Sparrow. Okay. Also some too. And Patrick Sparrow did the artwork for 
for the Sofubi, but I didn't include it on this drop because they weren't up to par. So the artwork and, the, and you know, the packaging and the stickers and all that will come with the next drop. Yeah. Um, with working with this more behind the scenes stuff, um, you can fill us in a little bit. Um, what's it like? Uh, are you communicating directly with the factory or are you going through a third party that's doing this communication for you? Sir, Sir Gamark is, okay. is doing all of that for me. They, they put it all together and they, they um, send everything to the factory and yeah. do all the legwork for me. And then I just send them the money and they send me the toys. There we go. There, I've seen when Safuvi gets sent in and it's like, uh, I don't know how yours was sent in, but I've seen like people get boxes and arms are in one box and legs are in another box. That is Christmas all over. But it is, uh, you know, uh, I have a Safuvi from Last Bastion, the Ragnar figure. Mm-hmm. And they send you an extra arm in case you don't want the cannon on his arm. Getting Safuvi apart and then putting a new piece in it's a hell of a task. Like, are you using a heat gun or? I didn't know that you needed to until about halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to rip your sofubi if it's cheap sofubi and you don't use yeah. a heat gun and you try to take it apart, you'll tear it. Yeah, it, so uh... it's best to, best to use a, a heat gun or a hair dryer, and uh, it'll just it'll slide right out of there. See, where were you? When I almost ripped my Safubi. <laughs> right here. Yeah. Uh, so, like, with that piece coming, and uh, you have so many different versions of um, Buddha Tour and, and, and all these different things cooking, uh, what's next for ETC? Um, let's see. I'm working with Dr. Plops, like I said. Yeah. He, fin- he just finished a new version of Space Squatch that okay. you can see on my um, – on my group on Facebook, which is the ETC Glow Zone. Um, You'd have to join in order to see it, but uh, it's the Space Squatch 420. So it's, it's, you know, it's marijuana related and turned out really cool. And we've got a couple other ideas. Like, I don't want to really say what new that's coming. I kind of like to keep it a surprise until it's, until it's there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I've got a lot. I've actually got a lot sitting on my bootleg table over here, getting ready to 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 go, and then a bunch of original stuff with Dr. Plops. I've got um, Mike, Mike, uh, Mike Die. No, not Mike Die. He's gonna kill me if he hears this podcast. And I don't remember his name. Uh oh. Well, any, my buddy Mike from from Instagram. He does all my printing. Um, okay. you know, it, I tag him in all my stuff, Mike. Mike FX, Mike FX. There it is. All right, cool. Yeah, he does all my printing for me, and uh, he's reprinting my Buddha Torque V8, but in a smaller version. Yeah. So it's going to be the 8.3 because he's three inches tall, and that's going to be coming out soon. I can I can say that. But, nice. Uh, I like to keep everything else on the wraps, but there is some cool, really cool stuff coming out here. Yeah. Um. After all this time, being in the toy scene and uh, going over this uh, over all the work that you've done and all those things. Um, when it comes to creating new pieces or when it comes to creating um, new versions of these things, uh, 
what does it look like to still find that creative space for yourself as an artist and like continue that creativity like is it we have a certain kind of weed that we kick in and it's like i'm the most creative or is it like we just have to be in this kind of headspace to be creative sometimes i just have to go with the flow like <laughs> my brain works different than what you would call quote unquote normal so i'm not going to like delve into myself too much but like it's motivation comes when motivation comes yeah creativity comes like i can't push it i can't sit there and think oh what can i do now i just i let it happen when it happens sometimes i'll get in like a little funk like i'll go a whole week without making anything just because i don't i'm not feeling it you know it's it's not that i can't make something it's not that i don't have things lined up to mold and cast i'm just it's just i don't feel it you know and if i'm not feeling it, it normally when i make things and i'm not in the mood to make them things come out fucked up all the time and it's just a waste of money so it's it's better to be you know in the groove you know? i uh i'm glad you said it's a waste of money uh because i have wasted a lot of money by not being in that groove yeah yeah and it feels yourself when you're not when you're not feeling it yeah, because there's this – it feels like there's a need sometimes. It's I mean it's only in my own brain. Um, I have a need to be creative and to have that creative outlet, and sometimes it's like I don't even know what I want to create. But that puts me in such a weird space because then I'm just throwing out materials that aren't cheap. Like it's so expensive to go through all this stuff. Right, right. You're just making stuff to, to stay alive. Which is it was just fine. I mean, it's good. There, there's a guy I don't get along with anymore in the toy world, but he did say one thing to me, and I hope he doesn't hear this and take credit for it. But um, he said, you know, it's best to keep posting. Just keep posting every day as much as possible. Be seen all the time, no matter what you're doing, even if it's just like whip shots or or whatever. Just be seen, because when you when you take your little breaks like that, people forget about you. Yeah. Um, and it, it is sad. It could only take a week or two and, and you know, you're, you're out of their, their eyesight. So they just don't, they don't see you anymore. Um, so it's best to just keep, keep staying alive. Even if it's just little things like, like what I do, those, those little tiny little casts, like here's the Cartman that I boot, like it's, it's little. Yeah. So it doesn't take much, you know, it's like a couple ounces of resin something little just for people to see that yeah i fail at that i I think the podcast has been uh such a fun thing that i've done we're going on three years of just interviewing artists and posting about it and so that one's always going uh but my own toy thing has taken a back seat because it's easier to like post about another artist and talk about them than it is to like have time to create my own stuff well, That's, it also seems like you're more interested in in this than me. I mean, you, you love making toys, but you, you seem to love doing this more. Yeah. Because if you loved making toys more, you'd be doing this less. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. Uh, uh, you're not you're not wrong at all. Uh, I think this has been so fun because it becomes the toy scene was such a fun thing to jump into. Um 
and I love the community. I love being a part of it and making and being in shows and all that stuff. Um, but this podcast just became a love letter back to the toy scene of like, how do I get more people to hear about all of you guys and your stories? And so, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been fun, but you're right. I think no one's articulated it like that. I do love this more than making toys. So maybe <laughs> this is my therapy session. You can uh, also start doing, well, I mean, this is a podcast, so you don't do the video, right? You just post the, the, uh, yeah yeah because the video is so tough because it requires like the best podcasts with the videos require both of us to be in the same room so it looks good and it's clean concise um and so i've tried there was a a couple interviews i tried it and i took the videos down immediately because it was like whoever i interviewed that day their camera was like it was like a normal 90s looking camera is what it felt like (laughs) all pixelated 8-bit yeah and there's times when i'll get on and someone will turn their camera on and i'm like is that is that even you like what are we doing here but all i need is your voice so that's what the school about this whole thing i was gonna say you could start doing drops or do little limited edition recipes and drop them on your podcast but you would people would have to be able to see them yeah yeah and so and and we'll figure oh i've been trying to figure out what the next step for this is and where i want to head but i'm stoked for it whatever is next to come uh with all of that it has been such an honor to have you on the podcast my guy um you know there is a a running list that i have of artists that i want to get on um and you have been on that list for such a long time um that i it's just good that you finally were able to come on and i was able to reach out and just even ask um and so thank you so much for that uh the last well the last part of this whole podcast on every episode is my favorite uh because the artist gets to plug their own stuff where we can get it how we can get in contact if they want to do collabs any of that stuff and so can you plug all your stuff and plug away your shop and all of it Sure. Um, my Instagram is extraterrestrial. So basically extraterrestrial, but truck in the middle. Um, I don't really get on there much, but you can, you can DM me through there if you want to do collabs or anything like that. And then where I, I do everything is in my Facebook group, uh, ETC Low Zone. And, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Unless you want to email me, etctoys at gmail.com. Awesome. Dude, thank you so much for coming on again. Well, for sure. Thanks for having me.